Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. This week, we're resharing one of your favorite episodes from the Single Tracks podcast archive, which now includes over 200 episodes. We'll be back in 2019 with a fresh slate of podcast interviews and mountain bike topics for the new year. So happy trails until then. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Single Tracks podcast. My name is Jeff, and today Aaron and Greg and I are going to be talking about mountain bike drivetrains. In this discussion, we're going to start off talking about the pros and cons of one by versus two by and three by drivetrains, because that's still a hot topic among a lot of our readers. Um, we're also going to talk about some of the differences between the different group levels, so SLX versus XT and XTR, and on the SRAM side, how the X rating system works for them as well. And then we're also going to talk about some alternative drivetrains that are out there. So some of the geared drivetrains that you might have heard about. Uh, we'll talk about oval chain rings and also DI2. So let's jump right into it and start talking about drivetrain configurations. Greg and Aaron, how do you guys have your drivetrains set up? I'm a one by for life. I've got it tatted on my chest. <laughs> That's how about that one by life I am. No, I, I prefer one by on my personal bikes, at least on my mountain bikes. Uh, I know that SRAM has done some one by drivetrains for like gravel and road, but with the hills we have around here on my gravel and road bike, I'd still prefer the, the two by. But I've been running one by setup for probably seven years or more now, back in the days of one by nine when the biggest cassette you could get was like a 32 or maybe a 34. So it's been a minute. So I'm personally running, uh, still running two by 10 on most of my bikes. I've got a number of bikes with different things, but for me, the big kicker is gear range. Uh, I need a low enough granny gear to allow my wussy legs to pedal up the mountain and uh, a one by 11 with a 42 tooth big cog isn't a low enough granny gear for me. So right now I'm still running two by 10 on most of my stuff, but you know, with a 46 tooth cog on Shimano's one by 11, that's getting pretty close. And then, you know, I'm, we're going to talk more about Eagle later, but with the 12 speed with the 50 tooth bailout gear, that's plenty of range. So for me, it's all about getting the range I need to get my butt up the mountain. Yeah. I'm also one by on all of my bikes, uh, like Aaron and, like Aaron too, yeah, I've been doing it for a long time. I always find it funny that people think that one by, you know, people who haven't tried it anyway, think that it's like a marketing thing or it's, you know, hype or a gimmick or whatever, but it's not. I mean, this is something that Aaron and I at least too have been doing since before there was such a thing as one by 11 or one by 12 now. So it, it is possible and there are definite advantages to doing it. There's also disadvantages. So don't feel like, you know, you have to choose one by or two by and, you know, one's a right choice and one's a wrong choice. Did you have like a particular moment where you're like, all right, I'm going one by or because I know I did. <laughs> no, I mean, I know a lot of people who single speeded, mm. ride single speed. And so that always interested me. And I, 
And I thought, well, shoot, you know, if they can ride most trails with one Just gear, one gear. Yeah, <laughs> then I should be okay with nine gears. So, right. um, and then, yeah, I demoed a bike that was set up that way. The bike that I ended up buying, the Redline D660, they actually shipped it that way seven, eight years ago. And so, yeah, that's when I realized I, I wanted to do it. How about you? Well, you know, I do a lot of racing and our soil here in the Southeast can be really gritty. So if you race in bad weather, if it's raining and muddy, the soil's really gritty and it just wreaks havoc on your drivetrain and can cause a lot of issues with chain suck. So it was after a particularly horrible Snake Creek Gap race up in Dalton, Georgia, several years ago now that, uh, yeah, I just, I had such horrible chain suck. I, I was running a triple at the time. This is way back in the day. Remember triples? I couldn't use the, I couldn't use my middle ring or my big ring because the, the chain just kept sucking up and getting caught in the chainstay. So I had to ride in the granny ring for like over half the race and just be super ginger on the pedals. So, so I wouldn't get chain suck. And after that race, I was like, I'm done. I'm took the rings off. I bought one of those little top guides because there were no narrow wide chain rings. So you needed something to, you know, help keep the, the chain from rattling off. So I got a little E13 XC guide and yeah, never looked back. Right on. Yeah. So Greg, do you have sort of a preferred manufacturer for your drivetrain or are you running mixed stuff or what's your deal? You know, that's a great question. I'm running mostly Shimano stuff right now, um, partially because that's what came on my bikes, but also because it, it just plain works. So, you know, I've got a Shimano mixed drivetrain on my main bike with XT, XTR, SLX, um, all across the board. Sort of replace things as they go along. Um, but I used to not be a Shimano guy. I used to be like a SRAM all the way, but I've gotten sort of addicted to my, uh, my Shimano stuff and, uh, being able to drop more gears at one point in time than, uh, just pushing. And, um, all that to say, I'm not one of these fanboys that's going to say like, Oh, you need this brand, but I'm running mostly Shimano right now. So that's where I'm at. What about you, Aaron? Uh, I run a variety as well. Like Greg, I used to be kind of a, a SRAM only guy, uh, for a long time, but I mean, they both make great drivetrains. So, but my hardtail is a, it's a one by 10 drivetrain and it has a mix of like, I think it's an SLX rear derailleur and a, a Z shifter on it. And then my full suspension is a one by 11 and that has a SRAM drivetrain on it. So I got a little bit of both in there. So Aaron, since you run primarily one by drivetrains, uh, gear ratio and gearing is really important. So what kind of gears are you running on your drivetrains? The hardtail, I'm just running a straight 1136 Shimano XT cassette. Um, so that's just your standard 10-speed uh, cassette. You know, there are several aftermarket options where you can get a, a larger cog to place behind the cassette, but I'm not currently using that. Typically on that bike, I have a, a 32 tooth chain ring. Uh, it's pretty kind of standard fare. It's a 29er. So with a, you know, the easiest gear being a 32, 36, that, that, uh, and it's a hardtail. So I can still get up most stuff here in Georgia. My full suspension is a little different story because it's a bigger, heavier bike. Uh, so I do a lot more swapping of the chain rings on that bike. You know, I have a, up to a 42 tooth cog in the rear, but the front I'll change anywhere from a, a 30 to a 34, kind of depending on where I'm riding. If I'm going to go 
somewhere where I'm, no, I'll be doing a ton of climbing. I'll take the time to swap out the 32th chain ring on the front. So it's a little bit easier. And then if I was going to go race or something like that, I'll put a 34 on. So I have more top end. Yeah. For me personally, I've, um, I guess again, I stuck with sort of the single speed mantra and have tried to just get stronger by riding my one by drivetrain. And as a result, I've gone from a 32 tooth chain ring to a 34, uh, just to kind of push myself. And, um, so that's what I run on all of my bikes again, to give it more of the top end, um, that is missing. And I'm still able to get up, you know, everything that I need to, uh, with a standard cassette. And I'll mention too, that my one by drivetrains, none of them are 11 speed. I've got a nine speed and a 10 speed. So, Again, it's you don't have to buy into the latest and greatest marketing hype or anything if that's what you're worried about. You can go one by nine, one by ten. You can go one by eight if you want to. So there's a lot of options out there. Here's a question for you, Jeff. So are you running a narrow wide chain ring though, even though you're nine or ten speed? Yes, I am. And that's allowed me to at least get rid of the um chain retention device that I had on there. Um, and yeah, I rarely drop chains though. It does still happen occasionally, um, but not enough to bother me. So yeah, there are, there are narrow wide chain rings that you can use with those drivetrains as well. The one thing I would throw in there, which I don't think is in our notes. Um, but if you are going, I don't know, I think any drivetrain you're going with, but you know, you're talking about eight, nine, ten. the big thing I would say is if you can get a derailleur with a clutch on it, you know, whatever the clutch specific name is from whatever manufacturer, I mean, that's going to do a world of good for your chain retention. So, you know, while I think, yeah, you can go down maybe to nine speed and older stuff, you know, if you can get a clutch wherever you're at, that's a good choice. Yeah. I think clutches are limited to just 10 speed, 10 speed and up, up, yeah. yeah, from the, the man, major manufacturers. So yeah, one of mine's got clutch and one doesn't. Well, the older, the SRAM nine speed stuff, they, especially the shorter cages, they were just known for having like stronger spring tension in them. So that's you know, like the first bike I had when I was running one by nine, I rode with a SRAM X nine rear derailleur and it was a short cage derailleur. And, uh, it, yeah, it did a great job of, of holding that, the chain on because it, it does have a stiffer spring than the, you know, the comparable Shimano nine speed. Ah, uh, that's a good point. I have that same derailleur. So maybe same. that's why I don't have problems. Yep. Awesome. Okay, so we've kind of talked about one-by drivetrains here for a couple minutes, but let's get down and get explicit about the pros and cons to a one-by drivetrain because that's something that not everybody's running yet, and for those who aren't, they might be considering it. So, Aaron, what are some of the pros to a one-by drivetrain? One of the main ones is lighter weight, so you're taking a lot of stuff off your bike. So you're going from, let's say you're going from a two-by to a one-by, you know, you're removing a chain ring, uh, you're removing your front derailleur, you're removing your front shifter, the cable, the housing, you're going to shorten your chain a little bit. You're talking about up to a pound, basically, of weight savings, which is, you know, that's pretty significant. And it's one of the cheapest ways to save that much weight on your bike. I mean, if you try to drop a pound off your wheels, then you're going to be spending probably a couple thousand dollars on a new wheel set. So, yeah, it's lighter weight. It's more reliable just because there's less shit to break. You know, you have less pieces on there, so it's less stuff to go wrong out on the trail. It pretty much eliminates drop chains, especially if you're running some sort of additional guide. You know, there's 
tons of little top guides out there on the market now that just sit over the top of your chain ring just for that added little bit of security. I mean, it does add a little bit of weight, but you're talking, you know, what, 50 to 80 grams maybe. So, yeah, so that's, I mean, you can still drop a chain, but it's way, way, way less common on a one-by than uh, than a two-by drivetrain. And I think one thing that kind of gets overlooked is um, it's kind of assumed that one-by is only good for strong and uh, seasoned riders, but I think it's simple and it's really easy to understand for new riders too. You know, you don't have, I mean, shifting is a, is a skill like anything else on the bike. It's something you have to learn. And when you add in a front derailleur and multiple chain rings, like, you know, you're, you're just adding more confusion to the mix. So it's really easy for new riders to understand like, okay, this one button makes it easier. This one button makes it harder. Boom. Like that's all you need to know. And like you mentioned, Jeff, to a certain degree, it'll make you a stronger rider. So, you know, having a limited gear range means, you know, maybe you're going to be pushing it on the climbs a little bit harder than you would if you had a had a two-by drivetrain, and uh, that's going to improve your overall fitness. Excellent. Greg, what are some of the disadvantages of a one-by drivetrain? Well, it's pretty hard to argue with uh, that logic right there, but there are a couple of uh, disadvantages. One is uh, if you aren't a super strong rider already, you know, it can be tough to push that gearing range around if it's a steeper gearing range than you're used to running. Or if you're, I don't know, if you're like me and you're just happy with your mediocrity, maybe you don't want to push that really tall low end gear around. But for some other riders, they do have the opposite issue. They might have enough strength to push the, you know, a really difficult granny gear around, but they might not have enough top end gear range for going really fast um, and keeping on the pedals at high speeds. Sometimes I have a hard time believing that, but I hear that from riders. So a lot of these gearing issues, you know, where where we're talking about range mostly applies to like say one by 10, one by 11 with a 42 tooth cog. But now we've got Eagle one by 12. And in my experience, that's going to solve most of your gearing range issues, especially compared to a two by 10 drivetrain. It basically has the same gearing range and you can set up your front chain ring to either give you more, a better bailout granny gear, which is what I need to pedal my butt up these mountains around here. Or if you're fast and strong, you can run a bigger chain ring up front and get the top end gear that you want. So honestly, I say this, uh, this downside of gearing range, it doesn't apply to all one by drivetrains, just not the super nice new expensive ones. I mean, Eagle's still expensive though, even in the, the X01, it's not cheap, but it's going to come down. It's just a matter of time until it comes down. The only other big drawback is that backwards compatibility can be an issue depending on what bike you're running. But as we go forward, it's going to be less and less of an issue. All I'd say, there's not a whole lot of downside. Price used to be one, but uh, but they, they've solved that you know in the past couple of years, especially with NX coming out. It's freaking dirt cheap now. Yeah, I would, uh, I would add a, maybe a couple more cons to your list. I've ridden a couple two by drivetrain bikes recently and they actually, they shift great. I mean, if you haven't ridden a front derailleur in a while, like they massively improved. It's a lot faster. It's a lot more accurate. Um, you know, especially when you're, if you're comparing it to a three by drivetrain, it's just a lot easier to shift. So, and you know, I, I've, there's been some long days where I've 
definitely use the granny gear on a test bike with a with a two by. But one of the biggest cons to a two by system is there's no good place for your dropper remote. And I haven't seen a good solution for that yet. You know, if you have a shifter on the left side, then your dropper remote has to come up above your bars, which is just a horrible ergonomic position. So I haven't really seen a, a good solution for that yet. And I mean, for me, it's that's a pretty big deal, you know, because you don't want to be, you know, if you're riding some strange trail that you've never been on before at speed, you don't want to be fumbling around guessing where your dropper remote is um at least for me i mean once you get used to riding a dropper post it's kind of hard to go back so that was a big one for me and then another one that i i another con that i hear and again it's kind of like you know people saying they don't have enough top end range so i don't know if it's really affects that many people is cadence that people don't like the jumps in cadence because if you you know, if you think about it, when you have a one-by drivetrain, you're having, especially as you get up in bigger gears, you're getting bigger and bigger jumps in between the teeth, which can, you know, kind of upset your natural cadence. So maybe maybe you feel like, you know, you need to be in a gear ratio that's like in between these jumps that a one-by doesn't provide. But again, it's like that's probably a, a very particular picky set of mountain bikers, yeah, definitely. racers. Right. That's what I was going to say. It definitely <laughs> seems like more of a road biker issue than mountain biker yeah where cadence is important i mean i could and i could really see i mean if you're racing if you're doing a lot of uh endurance races if you're doing like 100 mile races i can see the advantage to still having a a two-by drivetrain for the for that top end reason because you know with in those kind of races you do have you have a lot of gravel road you may have paved sections in between the single track and you want to be covering that ground as fast as possible so i think it it makes sense for a certain racers but i mean racers are going to buy the newest greatest anyway and like greg said they're probably just going to get eagle and buy a bigger chain ring so eagle does really kind of takes that excuse off the board indeed in looking at the drivetrain groups from companies like shram and shimano there are a lot of choices out there. You can get SLX or XT or XTR on the Shimano side. And then SRAM has seemingly an endless number of group levels available. So what are the differences between those groups? What's one of the first things that you guys notice about those groups? Probably the first one's going to be price. So there's, as you mentioned, there's a huge range of component groups available from, you know, from Shimano and SRAM. There's also other uh, smaller manufacturers out there. Micro Shift is one. Uh, you don't really see their stuff on many mountain bikes, but uh, they're actually working on an electronic drivetrain. So mm. we'll talk a little bit about that later. Mm. But then you have uh, Box Components has just recently gotten into the drivetrain gain as well, which is pretty interesting because you know it's uh, no one's really been trying to test Shimano and and SRAM, and our own Chris Daniels actually reviewed it, so you can go look up the Box Components drivetrain review on the site if you want to see what he thought about it basically though you got a huge range of prices you know if we're looking at srams groups you know if we're looking at 11 speed stuff their nx group which is they just launched last year is uh 310 bucks for a complete group and that wow. includes cranks so that's cranks the derailleur shifter chain you know not brakes or anything but that's pretty that's i think most of us would consider that very affordable. But then, you know, you, it goes all the way up to over $1,400 for the new 
Eagle 12 speed group. So that's, it's a, a very broad range and Shimano has approximately the same range. You know, they they do have a Dior, just a straight Dior mountain group. And that starts around 300 bucks for a group. And, but then when you're looking at the tippy top XTR DI2 electronic drivetrain, you're talking over two grand once you get all the, the wires and the display unit and the battery and all that, all that stuff that goes along with it. So huge range of prices. You can spend almost as little as you want up to, you know, as much as you want. One thing to think about is that, and we've touched on this a bit, but you can always mix and match components to save money, especially if you're looking at an aftermarket replacement. You know, lots of times your bike will come with whatever your bike comes with, but then down the road as you replace stuff, that's when you start making decisions. So you, you don't always have to be tied to just like this one group range and buy everything across the group range. So um, that's, uh, an important thing to consider. For instance, while SRAM's high-end cassettes are really nice, I mean, they're super light, they're gorgeous, they shift really well, they are stupid expensive. So, you know, you have to sort of weigh those pros and cons as you go about your upgrades and replacements. But I think that's one of the beauties of having choices, though. So we've got lots of choices, and for the most part, you can mix and match things across, you know, price ranges within the same drivetrain style. So if you're running one by 11, you could, you could run an X NX drive or an NX cassette if you wanted to, it's just going to be really heavy and maybe not shift as well. Yeah, you definitely, you will lose a little bit in the performance, but yeah, I'm right there with you, Greg. I mean, I, you know, when I went to replace my SRAM cassette, I got a little bit of sticker shock from it there. I mean, even the GX cassette, which is their kind of mid tier level cassette retails for 130 bucks. You can find it for like 115 online, but an XT cassette you retails for 96 bucks and you can find it for around 60 online. So it's almost almost half the price essentially. So 